Straight in from the 51st Bassmaster Classic, we have the Champ Champ Hank Cherry. And finally, I reveal what you've all wondered. Does Dave wear pants while recording these? I'm Bob Cobb from the Bassmaster. Welcome to Mercer. Another week and another podcast. Uh, welcome back to the number one rated podcast on this particular channel. My name is Dave Mercer, and this show is called Mercer. Straight back from the 51st Bassmaster Classic, and that's why I'm wearing this particular hat in Fort Worth, Texas. So to all of you, howdy, partner. Weirdly enough, while I was in Fort Worth, I guess I say howdy to people when I walk past them at times. But every time he came out of my mouth when I was in Fort Worth, I felt like I was making fun of people. But I didn't hear anyone say howdy, but I guess just because there's a lot of people wearing cowboy hats. What a Bassmaster Classic. It was absolutely incredible. Um, second biggest attended Bassmaster Classic, which is so weird because you literally <clears throat> still can't go for dinner here in Ontario. I mean, something is jacked up in the world and who knows what it is, but an amazing Bassmaster Classic, um, an amazing champion, some highlight moments that stood out to me. I mean, so many cool moments on stage, you know, uh, Matt Robertson was awesome on stage. Um, Takumi Ito was awesome on stage. Pat Schlopper, I mean, who knew that he's an Indian? Um, so many amazing moments. I mean, I love how Patrick Walters' woo is catching on. We are slowly making this sport more and more like wrestling. And the closer it can get for me, the better. Uh, the weigh-in venue was awesome. Dickie's Arena was insane. One of the coolest setups we've ever had. I generally don't like it when we're in the round, which means the stage is in the center of the arena. But it worked here. And it, and it worked uh, really well, I think. Um Looked awesome in all the shots and everything I saw. You guys let me know what you think in your comments. Um, <clears throat> so cool to have Trip back, you know. Um, man, it was just so fitting, you know, to have Trip back and to have him at his final weigh-in ever in over 30 years. Trip Weldon. Recently retired Bassmaster Tournament Director gets to hand the trophy off to the champ champ Hank Cherry. It was awesome. Um, it was a mind-numbingly long week. I mean, I'd get up at 3.30 in the morning. <clears throat> you can probably hear it in my voice still today. Get up at 3.30 in the morning, drive to takeoff, which was a little over an hour away. And uh, <laughs> because it was flooded, I'd have to wait out to, well, um, you know what, deep. Uh, in the water to interview the anglers. Um, I'd do that, and then I'd immediately take off from there, head back to um, the expo, which was right in Fort Worth, do some time on live, and how cool was it to have Bass Live on Fox, Network Fox. I believe they just came out the highest-rated Bassmaster program. Uh, Fox released that. Their PR department released it, the highest-rated Bassmaster programming since 2010 so congrats to everyone involved in that all in all a huge week for bass obviously a huge week for hank cherry um i really enjoyed um the live stuff i got to do with ronaldo uh, me and ronnie moore were doing a lot of live together and uh, that was a lot of fun um some cool little moments i mean this is one of the coolest things of the whole classic right here and uh Check that bad boy out right there. For those of you watching on the audio version, that is a Mike Buka bullshad custom painted with the autism puzzle pieces, even in the eyes. I mean, unbelievable was donated to me. And I felt so bad because Mike was trying to get in touch with me and we were trying to arrange when to meet. But I mean, like I said, my schedule there is insane. Like I get up at 3.30, I go to do takeoff. I do live most of the day. And then after I'm done live, I head to the arena to do you know, sound check and everything needs to be done there. And roughly 13 or so hours after I get out of bed, I start my real job, which is MC in the Bassmaster Classic. And then, you know, at seven or whatever, eight o'clock that night, depending on the day, I walk out of the arena, generally walk into the hotel like a zombie and, and order room service and fall flat on my face until the next day. 
Um, so I was trying to figure out a time to meet Mike and uh, him and, and a painter. Um, and I apologize, Jennifer Kravis, Kravis, uh, relative of Lenny, maybe, but or her company is Jekyll Bates, and she's a custom painter. And they did this. Um, but they didn't ask for anything. They just donated this, said they want to support um, the autism cause. Um, and we're going to do something cool with that lure at some point here coming up. So thank you guys very much. And uh, that is one awesome looking lure. I mean, really, really cool. I got to spend zero time with them. I mean, literally, I was I pulled my mic off, my headset off. We were about to go live and got to talk to them for a minute and a half. And I felt so bad. They actually blew me away. I was like, wow, this is incredible that you would do this um, and just come on up and, and give it to me. And, and speaking of incredible, the incredible humpers, the amount of people that came up to me at the expo and did not, I mean, let's be honest, of all the things that I'm lucky enough to be part of, obviously bass, facts efficient, everything like that. This, our number one rated podcast in this particular channel, is the smallest, you know what I mean? It's the newest, it's it's the smallest, it's something we're growing. But the amount of people that came up and said, man, keep it up, I love it, it's different, it's it's it, it's personal, it's one-on-one, -on -one. it's the amount of people that came up and, and encouraged that blew me away. Um, and speaking of which, I mean, the, our subs on YouTube are blowing up. Thank you very much for each and every one of you. If you don't sub, make sure you do, because uh, every once in a while, check to make sure your sub's good, because every once in a while, YouTube will knock subs down. But uh, I, I mean, in the, in the 10 weeks that we've done this, I think we've added, I think close to 3,000 new subs in well, 11 weeks now, I guess, since... Uh, Oh, and solo partner. Um, so thank you. Thank you all. Thank you all. And one one other thing. Uh, I know it doesn't seem like a thing, but down in the corner, you can hit like. Let's do that right now. If you're on a streaming thing, put a review, put a rating. It really helps us. Um, but a big, big week, and we got a big show. And actually, to be honest, this show, I feel bad even asking them because generally, uh, this show isn't the show that chases the winner. Um, you know, there's a lot of great shows out there that do great interviews, but we try not to be the show that, you know, Hey, this guy won this week. we got to go. But when you become a champ champ, I mean, we might as well do it. Um, and, and I felt horrible, you know, setting this up just because, I mean, the amount of pressure that is on Hank Cherry right now is unbelievable, but, um, Hank Cherry agreed to do it. And, and ladies and gentlemen the champ champ good morning champ champ first of all thank you for doing this and what what does that feel like i mean to be a bassmaster classic champion i get it that's incredible but to do it twice in a row a feeling very few people have ever experienced uh and it's uh it's hard to find the words i mean people have asked a word for it it's uh you dream about the first one and then the second one is like, nah, it won't ever. And then now that it's happened and every, everybody's question is not how it feels. It's like, what about a third one? I'm like, <laughs> let this one sink in for a little bit first before we worry about a third one. But it's, it's a great feeling. My family, um, we kind of knew how to handle everything better this time around. It seemed like uh, you've heard the statement with like professional athletes where act like you've been there before. We had. So this time around it was – we, we've been able to enjoy it more. Hasn't been the stress and the pressure of what's next, what do we do? Um, it's just I got right now until my trophy case is built, a buddy of mine's doing it, but he's awful slow. I have the two baddest end tables around because one ends one trophy, one ends the other trophy. <laughs> that is awesome. Is that why you were so calm that week? You know, when we were – Every time I kind of talked to you or even interviewed you at takeoffs and stuff, you were really calm. Even leading the classic, going into the final day, you were kind of like, if it's our time, it's our time. If it's not, was it because you've already won it? I, th I think so. But, you know, I've been there before. And um, this one was much different than the first one because that last day was, I'm telling you, it was the hardest day that I've ever fished on the water in a tournament situation, but 
you just got to have faith in what you're doing, that it's going to work. And me just learning to block out what's going on with everybody else, because I can't control what they're doing. I can only control the variables in front of me. And if I've done my job and I catch my five and I get beat, I honestly was going to be happy to hand it to Matt or, or whoever. Um, I just wanted to stay in the moment and not get pressured by it, but just enjoy the fact that I was in that moment again, because it's so hard to get into that super six going into that final day of the classic. And I just wanted to make sure that I took it all in and really enjoyed that day. Why was it the toughest day? Why, why was that last day the toughest day? It was just the heat or? <clears throat> well, the, the heat for one, I think the fish were leaving, not necessarily going out deeper, but the water was still rising. So I still think they were going back further. Um, and that confused them and it was confusing us. And if you watched Bass Live and I've heard stories and I've talked to guys like of every by losing these fish, like they didn't want to, they weren't really committing myself. I even lost one of the bush that I was thinking at first when I lost it, I was like, can't believe this happened again. And then I was like, ah, screw it. It's, we just got to keep fishing. But it was just in the temperature. I don't know that I've ever fished that hot yeah. with no wind at all. And it's like, I was telling Matt that sweat got him that one time <laughs> on the frog bite. He's wiping out his eye and his frog gets hit. I mean, there were a couple that it came down my face and got in my eyes and I just had to keep squinting trying just to be able to get a focus to throw at the right tree because it it was just all those elements and then uh the drive the drive was the most hectic part of the whole event that interstate was crazy sometimes it wasn't a bad Sunday but Friday and Saturday it was horrendous yeah I think people underestimate how grueling the classic is. You know, we talk about it a lot on live, but I really think that people, the, the pressure, the, the nonstop questions. No sleep. You, no, no sleep. sleep. Yeah. It, it, uh, that Sunday was hot though. And, and, you know, I mean, I was waiting out in the water every morning to interview you guys. Um, cause there was no other way to access you. Um, yeah. And every single morning, I'll be honest, I was kind of grumbling about it. Like, I got to go wait out in the water. I hope I don't get bit by a snake. But on the final day, I was actually like, this is exactly where I want to be. I mean, because it was that muggy. So I can only imagine how hot it got. You had spectators that I've heard it. I mean, I wasn't out there. But is it true that spectators were kind of spurring you on at times when that heat would get to you? There, they were. They were having some words of encouragement. They were. Um, they were wanting to see it happen the way it happened. I mean, they were they were pulling for me. It was weird to be so far away from home and have so much support. Um, that was an awesome feeling, and they didn't let me slack off. You know, I I uh, if if I got slower than six, you know, they were getting me back up to eight real fast, and uh, it was just um, and I told them all as hot as it was. I mean, every time you touched your boat, if you touched a lot, you just got burnt. I was like, Jesus hurt. And I told them all, right, uh, it was like 30 minutes left of the tournament. I don't know how, it must have been 30, 40 there or whatever. I, I looked at them and I told them all right there on camera so everybody, the world to see. I was like, this is why we do this. I don't know this is going to turn out, but I really appreciate y'all sticking with me all day. And, um, yeah, it was just – a phenomenal place to have a class not just because i won if i wouldn't have won it still would have been a phenomenal place just the atmosphere the arena yeah the people just being so excited about fishing um you know, nobody coming and fishing with you everybody just kind of watching and they didn't just watch me that was the cool thing about it that i did notice throughout like if I were somewhere and I would leave and there was another guy in the tournament, whether he was leading or not, you'd see seven or eight guys. They would just float to go look at those guys. And they yeah. kind of, they kind of just watched people fishing and you could tell that it was because it was new and they hadn't seen it before. And it was their lake. And that's all you heard is Ray Roberts is a crazy place to fish. It's got big ones, but you catch them one day, you can't catch them the next. And we had, uh, I think we put on a pretty good show for them, you know, conditions and everything we had, at, at hand, you know, the, the, the crazy thing about this, the whole thing was Brock because he goes the first day to the area 
and they're just not it doesn't know why he can't catch him. Goes back to the same area the second day, boom, catches him. Breaks his troll motor cable, so he, he has a late penalty, but Matt gets him in. Yeah. Goes back the third day to the same place where there hasn't been any shad spawning. He's been catching him in bushes and boom, the shatter there and the bass are there. I'm like, well, Brock, we have one more day. You're probably in the trophy, but since we cut it off here, I'll just take it for now. On stage, and I don't know how many people picked up on it, and I'm sure there's lots of pictures of you guys hugging on stage and stuff, but one of the cool things being on stage at these moments is you do get to see a lot of the what's really happening. And, I mean, you had just won, and you're literally pointing to Brock and saying, get up here, get up here, you know? Why was it so important for you to to have him up here to share that moment? Me and Brock and Kelly and Tyler, we really – we're passionate about it. We're trying to go at it. We're trying, you know, to get Tyler to take that next step. Um, Kelly's had a bit of a rough year, but he's a good fisherman. He'll get it together. But yeah. Tyler hasn't had the successes and really until this year. And you've seen him have this chance to shine. And a lot of that has rubbed off from myself and Brock. I mean, I can tell you right now, Brock is by far the hardest working guy on the elite series by far. I know in his time and Brian knew and those guys were out there, but I'm telling you, Brock doesn't get near the credit he deserves. More second place finishes than yeah. probably any. I but think so at this point. And yeah. he's come in a quick span and he seems like he's always in there, but that dude loves fishing. He breathes fishing. He is uh, phenomenal to talk to and bounce stuff off of. And, you know, his family and my family have come pretty close, I guess, from the tornado warning at Pickwick got me close to his family because <laughs> I was there at the house while Brock was still fishing. He was still yeah. practicing. I was back. I was like, I don't deal with storms. But that guy, and I told him, I'm like, you know, your time is coming. His time, it, it's coming sooner or later. When it comes, I think it's going to come in bunches. See, the cool thing about Brock was like, look, dude, next year, We'll be at Hartwell. It's kind of close to my backyard. Maybe I hand it to you or Tyler. And you know what he sends back to me? He's like, uh-uh, three-peat. <laughs> That's the kind of guy. I mean, he is really a good guy. He's kind of like me. You take him the wrong way because he's kind of quiet and standoffish. and He's not afraid to voice his opinion. Yeah. Deep down, that dude is an absolute hammer. And sooner or later, he's going to get the props that he deserves. Yeah, and, and I think – Amongst the anglers, he definitely gets that. You know what I mean? I don't think there's any anglers on the elites that don't think that Brock, but I agree with you. Like, and that's, that's just the truth. I mean, it just explains our sport. Seconds don't get you the, you need to win. You know what I mean? Like oh. nobody remembers second and it's an overused quote, but, but, but you need to win to get that moment. And I don't think it's a question of if um, it's a question of when with him, how important is that rooming situation for you? Because be, because if you look at your your record, since you guys started rooming together, I'd say, I mean, not that your career wasn't going great before that, but I'd say it got even better. Well, you know, it kind of re-energized me, I guess. Yeah. Because I, I, I one time, especially the title thing, because he is, except for the lifting weights and kind of wild thing Tyler is, you know, I was like him at one time, and I was stuck with that one thing I wanted to do, which was punch all the time. I wanted to throw a jerk bait or a jig all the time. That was it. That's all I wanted to do. And to see him a jerk. And you buy dinner, this, that, and the other. And, you know, you have to hear because Brock will lay it on. He's like, well, I guess I'm buying dinner again. You know, we have um, – what is it? I have two top tens and a win. Brock has, what, four this year, two second yeah. places back-to-back. And Tyler has two. So, um, there's definitely a push going there, and we, we take some pride in it, you know. Once Tyler realized that, hey, I've got to get my butt in gear or I'm not going to get to do this. And I think he realized what an opportunity he had in front of him that we've all just kind of piggybacked off each other and just trying to push everything to the next level. 
And that makes it fun because, you know, when everything happened a few years back, you know, my roomies were gone. Yeah. Jacob Peroznik is like my brother. Yeah. He's just one of those guys. Some people love to hate him. I love him as a brother. He, I would do anything for him, you know, and I got used to uh, learning from him, you know, and Hackney was gone. I got used to learning from Hackney. I've learned so much from that guy. That guy is one big bucket of knowledge. If you'll listen to him, but he, he, again, he's kind of in that same lone wolf standoffish, but once you get to know him and he trusts you, you trust him, you know, that knowledge you can gain is just incredible. And I kind of look at myself kind of in that role with these guys and, you know, and I explain it like, especially with Tyler, I'm like, you can't do it Brock's way. You can't do it my way, but you can take some of the stuff we do and make it your own. And it's going to make you a better fisherman. And that's what makes our sport so cool is you can learn lots of stuff, but you don't have to do it exactly the way another guy does it, but you can make it your own. And that's what I think makes a good bass fisherman. And that's why I know there's big things to come from Tyler sooner or later. So does having lack of a better term, less experienced anglers rooming with you and learning from you, you playing maybe the hackney role that hackney played in your life. Does that keep you committed and, and the wheels locked on? Um, you, you know, it, it does, but I've learned a lot like punching wise. The one, the first time like, I flipped bushes for the first time at Toledo, Toledo bend. Toledo I bend. remember you- top 10 I had no idea what I was doing. I remember <laughs> I got through it. <laughs> the next time I went flipping it and I actually was taught some stuff about flipping was with Tyler. The first time we actually met and like spent any time together at Rodman when it was in the drawdown. Yeah. And one of our, and he took me and said, I'll take you and show you how to flip. And I learned all kinds of stuff about just watching him and seeing what he did that day and just seeing that. And he was amazed because he's, I couldn't catch him flipping behind him. So I picked up the jerk bait and started catching some six pounders <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of, that kind of started all that, but I don't think with, with there's a lot of things they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Fishing isn't that, but yeah. in today's society with technology and electronics and baits and everything that's going on, you've got to keep up with what's going on because the ones that are coming from the bottom coming to take your spot or want to come get where you are, they have a vast of knowledge that wasn't available to us when we were coming up. You brought it up just a few minutes ago when everything changed a few years ago and your roommates left and stuff like that. How how, how sweet does it feel? Right? I mean, I don't mean there's got to be a part of you. I mean, you're a competitive person. There's got to be a part of you that was like, man, this worked out pretty good to hear me hanging out with Bass. <laughs> you know, um, or maybe you're a better man than me. <laughs> no, the, the, the feeling is surreal i guess you'd say because when that all went down um my sore spot and some people took it the my sore spot was not so much what was happening but the verbiage around what was happening and i was highly insulted when they came out and were like we got the best 88 well hold on wait wait a minute now i got rookie of the year I won the all-star event, almost won my first spot. I mean, so um, that part was pretty insulting to me. But when I stepped, I took a step back and I realized, hey, you know, bass isn't perfect. Nobody's perfect. But where would anybody be right now without them? So I kind of took it on my head and my shoulders. I was like, you know what? like me or lock, call me the bad guy. I'm going to defend them. You know, I'm going to defend them every chance I get. I may lose some fans. I may gain some fans, but I'm not worried about that. That's the right thing to do. That's why I stood up there when we were at, uh, it was St. Clair, the uh, AOI championship. Yeah. I knew who the winner was. I knew I heard all the, all the commotion. Well, we need to have an asterisk beside it because of the, man, forget about that. Like, if you're a baseball fan, you're still pulling for Hank Aaron. He's not coming back. Yeah. The legends of the sport, they come, they go. That's, yep. just, that's just the way life rolls. I mean, you, it's always the next big thing. 
Somebody's coming to fill a spot. Somebody's coming to fill a spot. Sooner or later, somebody's going to come fill my spot. That's just the way it is. I would be arrogant to think that they couldn't. But you, you don't know. Nobody knows what lies ahead and what's coming. I mean, there could be another kid that's 18 years old, could be the reincarnation of Jordan Lee. And he's right around the corner. And he's just struggling. He's trying to get it. And you don't know when he's going to get it. And there's some guys that never even get that opportunity for one reason or another. It just doesn't go their way. But the, the quality of fishermen we have in my area, just my area alone, I could name 10, 15 guys that have the ability to come do what we do right now. But for whatever reason, it's not their choice. It's not their path. It's just not their journey. And I just feel like uh, when all that went down, that we needed to hold the ship and have the right direction. And I think now looking out the other side, the future of bass and the future of bass fishing all around, I think it's just a much brighter place. I agree. I mean, the vibe and the, the <clears throat> energy and the excitement around it, um, is really it, it I'm, I'm gonna a story that you didn't even see i mean i'm you know what let's let's move on i'm not even gonna tell that story just because that this will really bother people to hear me say i'm not gonna tell a story <laughs> but, but it doesn't matter because i i want to talk i want to focus on on you know everything that's that's going on now and and all the positive did you you already mentioned it but is that the truth about pro fishing that pressure is never off? You have won two back-to-back -back classics. You have not even, literally, you just slept in your bed for the first time. Yeah. Um, and already people are talking about number three. Is, is that the truth of pro fishing that you grow up thinking there's going to be a happily ever after? I mean, if I'd have said to you that the day after you know, you sat on the classic stage crushed in one of the most uncomfortable moments, just so you know, for me and you, uh, more uncomfortable for you. But when we made you rewatch those losses at your first classic and and just so you know, I didn't even know we were doing that. I heard in my ear, hey, we're going to play some some footage of Hank Cherry. He lost some big ones. That's all I heard in my. And so I throw and I'm like, Hank, let's have a look at it. You know, lost some key fish today. Yeah. And it, it, I'm watching it. It's the most crushing thing. And then the even more most crushing thing was when I hear in my ear from my producer, all right, we're going to replay it again. <laughs> and I had to and, and deliver. But if I had said to you at that moment, if I had said, hey, Hank, a few years from now, you'll be back to back Bassmaster Classic champion. You would have thought I'm good to walk away. But the pressure seems like in this sport, it never ends. The, the pressure doesn't. But, you know, um, but what it does, it, 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 I tell my kids, and I've said it all the time, you got, you got one choice in life. It's how you choose to react to whatever happens. You don't, make, you don't make the decision. You just have that choice. And at that moment, I could have chose, you know, to just give it up, give it in. But I knew that I was that close. And I knew the fire was burning. I knew I could get that close again. Um, and it affected me. I had, a, I had like a year and a half bad spam where I had some good tournaments, really bad tournaments. I missed the classic twice, but I tell people all the time and they really look at me like I'm crazy, but you know, you could make the classic every year and zero in that event. And the cool thing about bass fishing is anybody in the world would change places with you for those two days that you get to walk across that stage. That feeling is like your chance to be a country music star, a rock star, the WCW wrestler, everything all at <laughs> one time. I mean, that's it. All eyes on you. And the part that I've really enjoyed about it was, and I've, I've paid attention to and my wife caught on to it. Like in the beginning when they don't really know who you are, you get the golf clap. Yeah. And as it goes, it gets louder. And then this time when I came out from that tunnel, I mean, it was like, boom. I was like, I could be Tom Brady right now. I mean, this is great. This is just like phenomenal feeling. And, um, you know, there were the walks of life of people that you come across with this whole journey that we're on. 
it's just amazing. Um, and just as a fisherman, you don't realize the effect that you can have on other people's lives with what you do and how you speak and how you talk. And that part is just, you know, overwhelm, overwhelmingly humble. It just humbles your whole feeling, your whole heart that, like, I'm still not used to people wanting my autograph. That's still weird to me because I'm like, you know, it's just me. I rode home with Drake, you know, the high school kid that we're friends with his family. This is what he wants to do. So he drove me home most of the way. He was like, I can't believe I'm driving home a legend. I was like, man, I'm just, I'm Hank. He always calls me sir. I'm just, just call me Hank. He's like, I'm not a legend. He's like, uh, at this point, you don't get to decide what you are. We'll call you whatever we want to call you. And I was like, you know, that's a, to be somebody's idol is a huge responsibility <laughs> when they, when they say that word, like, dude, you're yeah. my idol. You're just like, okay. <laughs> you know, you don't think about that when you're coming up, the effect just of catching a fish, the excitement that you give people. I mean, I thought about it when you hit a baseball and shoot a basketball, you know, or like my son makes straight A's, that stuff's all just, all just huge, great accomplishments. But when somebody comes up to you and wants to shake your hand, whether they're a six-year-old kid or a 60-year-old man, dude, I look up to you, you're my idol. It's just like the best feeling in the world. Yeah, you almost wish other people, everybody could feel it. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, but but it's, you've worked hard for it. You deserve it. And one of the things, there was a few moments at the Classic that, um, I mean, number one, how cool was it to have, and how fitting was it to have Tripp give you the trophy? I mean, his final way in ever, ever. I and think he hands you the trophy. I think that was my wife said that she's like, that's God sent because that's the way it needed to go out. Him hand a trophy. And I thought that was just uh trips. A trips, a wonderful guy. Yeah. I mean, I gave him a hard time, but I've, I've always, always, I know the business side of this and the fisherman side of this. So some, most of the time right now, I've got to land on the fisherman side of this and defend. So if I thought something wasn't right, I never really sugarcoat took stuff much because I'm just not that way. I was direct with what I wanted to say. And we definitely had some conversations that got a little heated. But at the end of the day, I think Tripp was as good-willed and as fair as he could possibly be with anything that came that way. Like in Champlain that day when it was so rough, I was like, look, we're not going fishing. He's like, we are. I was like, okay, you're riding out there with me. We go out there and he's like, I don't think it's so bad. I'm like, just get on past the breaker. And then the first, he's driving the boat. I said, you can drive. I zip my rain suit up. The first one we come across, he stabs it. Boosh, water, he cuts it around. He's like, I think we'll take today off. I was like, yeah, that's a good call. Good call, Trip. Good call. But that, that man means so much to bass fishing, the history, the things he's seen and saw while he was there. Yeah. yeah that, that'll never be replaced. And, and uh, Lisa – and his footsteps is doing a wonderful job. Everybody else stepping in when needed to help. Uh, you got little Hank hanging out in the wings there. Eventually, someday he's coming that direction. I just think all that combined, it just shows that uh, dude, we're, we're, we're growing. It's getting there. This thing's going up. It's not leveling out. It's not falling down. It's going up and up. And I just can't wait to see where it's going while I'm still here. Yeah, it's amazing. Two other amazing moments that happened um, outside of just the victory and everything. Obviously, um, one I think everybody knows about, and the other one I, probably very few people even saw. Um, one, of course, was mentioning Aaron and, and taking that moment and, and putting the shine on such an amazing person. And, and the other was um, when you did the victory circle, I saw you jump out of your boat. I mean, this is this is your moment. This is the, the really when you think about it, holding the trophy, going through the curtains, and doing that circle is what every angler dreams of. Those are the three kind of key, outside of catching the fish. Those are the three big moments that. But you jumped out of the boat, and, and went and saw somebody in the crowd. What, what did I see happen there? Um. Well, we were running. We were going around the crowd, and uh, the boat swung out a little far, and. There was a young man there, and I knew he had Down syndrome. 
Mm -hmm. And he was just so excited to see me. And I was going to try to give him five when I came by and the boat swung out too far and I couldn't. And as we passed him, I, I saw like a look of disappointment come across his face. And as soon as I saw that, I told Jack, I was like, I got to get out of the boat. And I ran, I ran to give him a hug and, uh, that kid squeezed me so hard and I could tell that it, it, it meant a lot to me, but I, I could just tell how much it meant to him. And, um, you know, that's what I want to, that's what I want to be. That's what I want to do. I have a soft place in my heart for kids anyhow, because, you know, it's just, uh, in today's society, today's world, they have a tough road ahead. And I just believe you get them in the fish and get them in the outdoors that, um, you know, it's going to give them a lot more chances in life, but to be able to have the effect that I had on that young man's life and to be able to share that moment with him, that's something that uh, I'll never be able to forget. Yeah. I, I met him before Wayne actually, ironically, and, and, I, and I couldn't really tell who it was from the stage when I was announcing you. I mean, there's so much confetti and craziness going on, but I, 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 I thought it was him and, and I'm glad to hear that it was, um, Cause I, cause I, I really do think you changed his life. You know what I mean? Like, and I know you'll downplay it, but I, I know how, I mean, you know how much just one action towards a kid um, that battles with things just can make things different. And um, thank you. Thank you for doing that. That, that was very cool. I'm what have moment- to thank, I have to thank you. I mean, he just, is just, it's just one of the, you don't, you don't know why sometimes you just do those things. You, you just do them. And it felt like the, the right thing to do. And, and I hope it's something that he can remember for the rest of his life. What are the moments that I didn't see? What, 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 when you, when you, I'm sure when you have a moment, when you have an achievement like this in life, I'm sure this flashes in your head right now. When you look back at this week, what, what, what is something cool that, that nobody saw or, or, or something cool that really stands out to you that, man, I can't believe that person called to congratulate me or I can't believe this happened or whatever direction you want to go with it? Well, you know, it's uh, all this really hasn't sunk in yet. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the my idols, and I, I've told you this before, I don't make any bones about it. One of the uh, one of the highlights still of my career probably more than the two classics was when I beat Kevin in his backyard up there at Muskegon and White Lake. Yeah. And, um, believe it or not, you know, I win. He's one of the first dudes texting me on my phone, man. Congratulations. Sherry and I are happy for you and the family, you know, just enjoy the ride. Um, just to see, just to see that. And it's kind of like that, uh, it's kind of like that old cliche, like when your heroes become your fans, you know, it just shows the, the respect that we give each other in the, the fishing community. And he's been there and he knows how difficult it was to achieve this. And by far, you know, I talk about Aaron as, you know, one of my top three and, you know, Kevin is in that top three. Yeah. And, and just to get that message from him is just absolutely uh, a great feeling of accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you brought Kevin up. So I want to say three names to you, Rick Clun, Kevin Van Dam, Jordan Lee, and now Hank Cherry. How do you fit into that group? Um, you know, I, I guess I'm a part a part of it. You know, Jordan texted me. He said, welcome to the club. Um, you know, I haven't heard from Rick, but in Rick fashion, I'm sure I'll see him at the next event. He is a, he's a special man, too, for the bricks that he laid, the foundation of the sport. Um, but to be part of that group is, um, you know, it, it's not what you dream about. I mean, you dream, I told you before I dreamt about the one I caught the carrot, didn't really know how to handle it after. Now I've got two carrots and everybody's <laughs> talking about the third one. Um, but you know, the, the, the group thing is pretty cool. 
The, the other thing that I think is really cool that has kind of been overlooked about this now is there's two Hanks yep. in the same town with the trophies. <laughs> yeah, you, and you have a lot of obscure records you're going to have. We talked about it, you know, that night uh, over a few drinks after you won, but um, you're going to be the longest reigning classic champion and simultaneously the shortest reigning with our next classic. So you'll get a lot of weird records. But the good news is you're going to be rich because – Christian has pockets, pockets full of, of confetti, but I, I don't want to burst the bubble. But if you look over my shoulder here, you see, you see that, that box right there. Yeah, that, that is confetti from every classic I've ever emceed. So you have two layers of it and I've got every champion. So <laughs> tell Christian, I got him. It got the market cornered or if he finds somebody to buy it, I mean, maybe I'll sell it. <laughs> <laughs> what I think he actually, I think he actually sold some to Bruce for $20. If you want to know the truth. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what does this mean for your family, Hank? I mean, or have you even, you know what I mean? Like, I honestly feel horrible doing it. Like, I even setting this up, but I said that to you that night. I'm like, I hate to be that guy who wants you on his podcast, but there's going to be a lot of other guys want you, so I might as well throw my hat yeah. in that thing. But, but um, with everything going, like, what does this mean to your family? Uh, you know, Christian came running it, running in there this morning. He's like, dad, it's still here. It's still here. Um, you know, to be on Bella's birthday week yeah, and to be with me, you know, it, it means a lot. It's like I told Jack, and I'm not sure exactly what the road ahead is going to be like, because last year's was kind of cut with COVID and everything was zoom calls and there wasn't a whole lot of going out and yeah. promotion and this, that, and the other. And, you know, this time's going to be a lot different. Um, we're very proud. I'm that day. I think Christian saw, you know, he's a very athletic kid. He's very competitive. Sometimes he gives up on himself in a, in certain situations. And I think that day was a good reminder of him that you just got to keep going. You don't know the outcome. You just got to keep going. The outcome doesn't matter. It's, how, it's the effort you put into it. Um, but you know, we're ecstatic. Like I said, I, I still haven't had a chance for this all really to sink in because I've been, I did a photo shoot and then I'm driving and I did like six interviews yesterday in the car. I didn't really want to do them. I kind of made it clear that I wanted to at least wait a couple of days. Yeah. A totally different situation. I'm going to do mats tonight, but the calls kept coming in and I was like, you know, they always say, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do this. We're going to do them all. We're going to make sure we answer everybody back. So I've been, I don't know, since about 7.30 this morning, 7.40, I've been just answering text messages that have just flooded my phone for the past three days. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to what the future holds. I don't, I don't know what that is. Uh, I'm excited about my bait coming out. Um, I'm just, you know, I just hope I get a chance to meet more people and tell them thank you. Uh, I tell you this, what we will do. Um, now, I do have a pretty good surprise that will be coming up for next year. Um, and maybe we can work it out where we do it live on for your podcast, maybe where we can get it live. Whoa. But I've got a... I've got a uh, – what's the best word without giving away? I'm going to do a salute of sorts to certain members of the com of the community, of the world, really, with my boat wrap next year. And uh, it's going to be a really cool thing that I'm really proud of. I'm not letting the cat out of the bag yet, but it's going to be – I think it's going to be pretty exciting. I think a lot of people are going to be proud and very appreciative. It's going to be pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. And we will definitely do it here live if, you, if, you, if you're if you so inclined. Yeah, um, no better I, place to do it. You, you, you were there since the first fish loss, and you've been there since the two trophy grabs, so might as well do it then. Yeah. It, it, you know, one of the coolest things you said in this interview for me personally was that feeling you get coming into the arena and how it gets louder and louder every year? Because that, that to me, people wonder, well, you know, sure, I have a cool job, but ultimately that's 
what I try to do. Like there's two moments in your guy's life where you guys can actually get cheered. I hate that about proficient. I hate that there's, you know, you don't have that moment, the master's moment where you're surrounded by people and you sink the pot and everybody goes nuts, but you do have it at takeoff and you can have it at the, you can have it at takeoff and you do have it at the arena. And so if there's any, you know, to, to hear you say how you guys notice it getting louder and louder, that, that, that's a huge compliment. But my last question for you, and I'm going to let you get back to being the champ champ. Uh, why you Hank? Why, why you have you, have you, but cause you said it earlier, you said there's people that come and they're so talented and they just, it just never happens. And I'm sure you had moments in your career where you started to feel like maybe that's me, but why you, you are a back to back Bassmaster classic champion. But why do you think this happened to you? You know, if I gave, if I gave any kind of answer, it's probably going to come out cocky or conceited or I'll be judged one way or another. That's the spotlight. Cause I used to have a target about this big and now my target's this big, <laughs> but, but I just think I've always known since I was a kid that I was meant to fish. And I just think that, um, Maybe with all this, there's just more to it than the fishing part. You know, maybe there is, I need, it was my job, my place, my path to be there to make that kid's day when I got off the boat. Maybe it was my path, my job to lose that fish at Grand, to be humbled, to make sure that the fire kept going. You know, if I win that one, Maybe I get over overconfident, conceited, and then my career just tanks. You know, maybe I become that one-hit wonder. Um, I truly believe everybody has their own path in life. And sometimes, like I said, you know, you have that choice of how you handle it. Some people handle it properly. Some people mishandle it. I mean, you see it through all sports. Some of the most gifted athletes in the world, they throw it all away. Yeah over, you know, it could be anything, but they just throw it away. And I just think um, that through the good times, the bad times, the incredibly tough times, times of doubt, it's just made me a stronger individual, a more positive individual, um, a role model for my kids and others. And I really just think to be the shortest and direct as, as it can be, I think everybody's put on this earth to do something, and I was put on this earth to catch fish. Everybody thought it was going to be baseball. That's all they thought when I was a kid, and it's no secret. I was told a million times that this is a dream. It's not a possibility. Wake up. Get reality. You cannot do this for a living. And lo and behold, here I am two-time Bassmaster Classic champion. It's amazing. when you. It's really easy to – isn't it funny how, how the narrative changes depending on where you are at that time? Like if somebody sat down and said to you after you lost that first Classic or after baseball didn't work out the way some would have predicted, if they'd say, well, don't worry, there's something coming. At that moment, you just hear wah, 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 yeah. wah, wah. But looking knew, back, though, you're I, like, thank, thankfully, I didn't, you know. Yeah, I, I just, and I knew from a kid, Sunday mornings, Bob Cobb watching all of it. I mean, Jim Bear, the fish flopping off the boat, oh. Hank winning on the spinnerbait, Brian Kershaw. I mean, I, I just knew, don't know how I knew, but I just knew I was going to be there someday. I just knew. I didn't know how. I didn't know when. I just, I just knew, and I tried several paths and ways, and it just, I had to just realize it wasn't my time. Let it all happen. I mean, it it all happens because this still goes back to everybody talks about, you know, if if you have belief or you don't have belief, and the Bible tells you all you need is a mustard seed. That's that's all the belief you need, and you know, Jesus, God, take care of you, and faith and all that, and and I get it. And to the point that all this happened 
by one ounce. Yeah. That's the only reason any of this happened. One ounce started all this. I mean, that one ounce could have gone here. An ounce is like nothing. A couple of water drops. I mean, one shad, whatever you want to look at it. it it's just an ounce. But that was, that was my ounce that kindled the fire that started all this. To, to be clear, qualified. the ounce you're speaking of is to qualify, right? To, to, yeah. to get to I won the Southern Open, yeah. the last one of the year, by one ounce. If I don't win that tournament, I probably qualify for the – I'll qualify for the lease, but I probably don't take the bid because no way financially I can afford it. I mean, one ounce did all this. So, I mean, it's, it's just – it's crazy. It, and, and that is the most unbelievable thing of the whole thing. I mean, people are going to remember the back-to-back. I mean, I'm going to remember it. But when I'm done and I walk off the stage and I become, you know, baseball dad, following Christian, wherever he's playing, whatever he's doing, if he ends up doing that, I mean, he's so smart. It might be a brain surgeon. I don't know. Or Bella's dancing or wherever they are. There's not a time in my life that I'm not going to sit back when somebody asks me about my career. And the first story I'm going to tell them is about that one ounce. Wow. I mean, that's just, to me, it's just, you know, I ought to have that t-shirt one ounce. I mean, because that's, <laughs> that's why I'm here. You know, it's yeah. crazy, but it, it's, it's not, it wasn't, and that one too, wasn't the most glamorous win. There was some weird weather that happened with that tournament, but, persevered through it and the one ounce got me here and thank God every day for that one ounce. And you think about it, all the negative that comes with anything, you know, like you won this title last year and if, and people would point to negative to that, like you didn't get to do the sports shows and a lot of the stuff because of COVID. But man, if, if, if that doesn't happen, this tournament is four months earlier and maybe you don't even win it because the, the, the fish will be totally different. Um, yeah. I mean, it's all, everybody's like, man, you picked a bad time to win the classic. <laughs> I was like, no, there is ne there's never a bad time to win the Bassmaster Classic. I mean, there's just not, there's never a bad time to win a regular season event. There's just not that, 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 that mind frame of thinking is just not there. I mean, Winning the classic last year with COVID coming along and shutting everything down, you know, as far as financially, I knew my family was okay. And as a, as a father, which you are too, you know, that's our job, making yeah. sure our family is going to be okay. So there are lots of ways you can look at it. I, I'm not mad. I've never been mad. I've not been bitter. But I did, and Jacqueline kind of brought it up last night when I got home. She said it was kind of fitting that trip walk off in the sunset, hand you that trophy, and you kind of get to do a redo and get to see it all now. And I'm looking forward to it. I don't know what I don't know what it what all holds the future holds. I don't I don't know. I just know that uh, any any opportunity I get to represent us and represent Bass, I'm gonna try to do do the best of my ability, and that's. That's all I can do. You're awesome, Hank. You are for the rest of your life the champ, champ, and the only you can change that. I mean, if you if you go win three, I guess you're the champ, champ, champ. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, yeah, I mean, it could happen. It is pretty close to home. It, you know, it could. But I said it this time, and I'll say it again. No matter what happens at that event, at that venue, I, I'm I am fulfilled and knowing that I have the opportunity to get that again and bring it home or the opportunity to hand it to one of my friends and competitors and look in their eyes and get to tell them, hold on, don't answer your phone and get ready because we're all chasing the same thing. No, I'm not going to lie. Like I'm, when, when we get there, it's game on. I'm trying to win 100%, but I'll either get to change my life again or be part of changing somebody else's. And to me, that's pretty cool.
pretty amazing. And I know I've said last question 10 times, but I need to ask you this. I forgot. Matt Airy, what was that conversation like? Because because he's you seven years ago. You know what I mean? That's the feeling he's feeling today, yeah. I would imagine. I, I told him, I was like, you know, the best thing that came out of this, Matt, was they don't have to play my fish loss ever again. <laughs> you <laughs> oh, you got a highlight reel now. <laughs> You've got plenty, I say, but just understand that just like with me, things happen. Yeah. And that's golf. They miss putts, fish come off. You can't control it. They sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. You can't explain why. But I said, Matt's another guy. I've known him long enough. I've competed against him forever since, you know, local stuff all the way going to here now. And Matt's another guy that his time's coming. He is. He's a, he's well put together. He's well-rounded, well-versed at what he does. Um, he's surrounded by some very good fishermen too. So his time right. is def- his time is definitely coming. We have a lot of guys like that. Their time's coming. And the good thing for them is they're all younger. Yeah. So, I mean, in my opinion, they could just, since I'm getting up there, they could just let me have the third one and then that'd be nice. Fight over the rest of them. I mean, that'd be nice of them, but I don't think that's going to happen. But um, Matt's a great, great guy. His family is, uh, his, his family is wonderful. Um, I felt bad for him. And we, it was, we thought it was really, going to be really, really close. And I went and talked to him in the boat yard and we took some pictures and I was like, dude, look, we both said the same thing. No matter which way it works out, no hard feelings, be happy for each other. And uh, we were just both ecstatic that the trophy was coming back to North Carolina. Yeah. And, you know, our area, I've said it a lot and people get kind of cliche about it, but our area has some serious fishing talent and what's funny about it though is our lakes are terrible <laughs> is that but why you guys but i think that's why i think that's why we got to where we are is because we had to we had to Work really hard. struggle to fight through these guys to catch <laughs> these guys you know and i think that part just makes just seeing the success of all the guys in this area it just it's just really overwhelming i mean you know you could show up at one time you could show up just to one of our weekend winter tournaments and you might have four or five elite guys, three or four FLW guys, and we're all fishing against each other. But we've been that way. We've been that way since we were, since we were coming up fishing since kids practically. Yeah. I mean, that's just the, that's just the weird part about it that this area just keeps pumping them out, pumping them out. The most classic champs ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And I didn't even think about it until you started talking about the Matt Airy exchange with you. I mean, me and him on stage had not as uncomfortable as the replay of your losses, but I wrote, but the things that nobody sees is, and I walked him over to the trophy and you didn't probably see it because you were backstage at this time, but I walked him to the trophy and did his interview staring at the trophy and that was with a reason, you know what I mean? Because I thought this guy's either going to win it or he's not going to win it. And and this <laughs> image of him staring at that trophy will be incredible for years to come. You know what I mean? Whether get and when he wins it, it'll make those images even more valuable. But but he whispered to me <laughs> during the interview, he's like, "You're killing me, Smalls." <laughs> and uh, um, I, I guess that's kind of my gig to do that, but. Uh, He'll hey, thank you for it one day. Well, hopefully. I got a lot of hate for replaying your fish losses. Good God, I thought I was going to get shot. People sent me emails. and uh, well, <laughs> it, was, uh, Dude, but, it, but, it, it fueled the fire. That's all I can tell you. It fueled the fire. Well, that fire is burning, and it is burning strong. You are the champ champ, and I love you for doing this. Thank you, Hank Cherry. Thanks, Dave. Wow. What a open and honest interview from Hank Cherry, the champ champ. And I can't thank him enough for making the time. You know, there's no way to express how much media pressure is on him right now. Everybody wants to interview Hank Cherry. Um, I felt bad asking him to do it. 
I mean, he literally j- just got home. Um, but I did it for you guys, for the Humpers. So you're you're welcome. Um, it was cool, though. A great chat, a great champion. And uh, something he touched on on stage and we talked about in the interview is pray for our friend Aaron Martins. Aaron's a special, special person. He could use your prayers right now. So no matter what you believe in, no matter what you practice, pray, put thoughts out there, positive vibes for Aaron Martins. And thank you for watching this awkwardly honest fishing podcast. And I found out from the Humpers at the Bassmaster Expo, they don't like it when I call this a crappy little podcast, so I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, Thank you for listening to the number one rated fishing podcast on this particular channel. You can help us grow by liking. Believe it or not, it makes a big difference subscribing, reviewing, and all of that stuff. So thank you. Oh, I just realized you can move your cowboy hat with your eyebrows. ADD? Yeah, you know me. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. Thanks for watching. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Because Bob Cobb of the Bassmasters told you to. You hear?